Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 127. And today I have a guest all the way from down under Australia. His name is Peter, and he has a lot of experience in the hospitality business. So we're going to learn a lot from him. So Peter, welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, Jasper, or good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to me. I'm, uh, I'm here in Cali in Colombia, in warm Colombia. What's the weather like in Australia right now? Today, it's absolutely beautiful. It's only about uh, 22 or 23 degrees because we're right in the middle of our summer. However, um, two days ago, it was 44 degrees Celsius, so we had a really, really hot one, and uh, today is just totally different, so it's it's absolutely fantastic. Wow, so the temperature can vary quite a bit. Uh, that's over 20 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, it was 44 degrees uh, two or three days, two days ago, and um, couldn't do much at all, and we've had a cool change come through, which is nice. We often get that living on the coast. Uh, but the people that live right inland, well, they don't get that um, coastal influence. So where my parents live, uh, they live at a, a town called Lightning Ridge, and their average temperature this time of the year would be around about 42, 43, and um, that's pretty consistent for two or three months of the year. Right. So your your Airbnb is located in the south of Australia. Is it fairly close to Sydney or...? It's about a four-hour drive from Sydney, but more importantly, it's only about a two-hour drive from Canberra, the uh, the capital of Australia. So what happens is a lot of people from Canberra, um, they actually call where I live in uh, Canberra Beach because we're so close. So they just drive down over the mountain and um, they come down to the coast quite a lot for their holidays. And where our Airbnb is located is right on the Clyde River, a little small village called Nelligan. And... Um, so it's a lovely part of the world. It's a lot of um, waterways and lakes, uh, rivers, a lot of national parks, and the seafood, and particularly the oysters here are very, very famous. So it's a, it's a nice place. Awesome. Sounds very appealing. So the topic uh, for today will be how to diversify over multiple platforms and or even your own website because this is something that uh, you're a strong believer in um, but let's start with the with your history in hospitality because you used to own a caravan park so i'd love to hear a little bit more about that yeah like a, a caravan park or a holiday park here in australia i managed that we owned that for 13 years and normally a caravan park is where people bring their caravans and they park it to have their holiday, and um, then they take off again. Uh, our caravan park was a little bit different in that we didn't target the actual caravan market. We had eight or so um, 
cottages, uh, very old style cottages, and we had a lovely camping ground. So we would mostly target the um, people that wanted to go camping or had camper trailers, and um, that way it set us a little bit apart from the other people. So importantly, um, a lot of the caravan parks here in Australia belong to very, very big chains. For example, the Big Four or um, holiday parks, where all their marketing is done by a, um, an outside agency. Uh, whereas I was totally dependent and I had my own website and we had about 90% of our bookings come direct to ourselves rather than a third party. And this is where I think it's very, very important um, not to have all your eggs in the one basket. We, we used to go through um, other uh, online agents such as um, What If and uh, Booking.com, Agoda, Trip, uh, TripAdvisor. But we often found that we had um, problems with people coming from there because they were getting the wrong information. and. Um, so this is the, the major difference in the need to diversify, I think. So wh why were people getting the wrong information? Because the information that was displayed on those all those other booking sites wasn't correct? Um, well, some of them you, or one of them in particular, which I won't mention, but they, they write the description for you. And it's very, very difficult to keep in touch with the client once they've booked. So they get limited information um, and... So then they might turn up, and it's not quite they um, what not quite what they believe. For example, there's one OTA that I'm currently using, and they decided to remove all the captions from the photos. <laughs> and we had this lovely photo of our house looking over the river, and the caption was, "Your cottage is directly behind this house." And once they removed that caption, we had people booking, expecting to get the whole house, not understanding that the cottage is behind the house. So that's just another example where things can go wrong. And um, you, you also get different types of people. So, for example, with our Airbnb now, because Airbnb is what I call a community platform, we have that um, really nice interaction. It's very, very different getting an Airbnb client instead of a client that might book through a um, booking.com or a Goda where they're used to just buying a hotel room for the night. And the people are a little bit different. They're, um, so one, one person's buying an experience and the other person's buying just a room for the night. If right, that makes um, sense. Yeah, that, no, that totally that makes a lot of sense. Um, which of which of the platforms are you currently using for your property? And can you also tell a little bit about what you're renting out currently? It's a, it's you're saying it's a cottage behind uh, the house where you live. Okay, so after we sold the holiday park, we wanted to keep involved with the tourism industry. Uh, we we bought a beautiful house right on the river, and it's absolutely fantastic. And we had an old garage out behind the house. So we spent two or three months totally renovating the garage specifically for Airbnb. Um, so we knew what people wanted. Uh, we put a nice bathroom in there. We had a, a very, very large bedroom. And we made it as comfortable as possible. We put a lot of our own personal effects to make it nice and homely. And even in our guidebook, we uh, even explained what a lot of the personal effects are, are from. Like we have a carpet from Tibet, and so I wrote a little story about where the carpet came from, how it came to be there, and and people really like that because it makes them feel as if, as if they are part of your house. So that's the main one we rent out. Is, uh, we take a maximum of two people for that one because it's only small, and we have one room, one bedroom in our house, which we rent out from time to time if we feel like it and uh, that's also going pretty well so with the platforms um, 
we've used I only use about three or four this time where I used to use about 20 or so different platforms but they're very very hard to manage because the most dangerous thing of course is double booking and we use Airbnb uh, another one that's big here in Australia and New Zealand is called stays and then I have my own website now with our booking statistics at the moment Airbnb is running around about 50 percent I think stays is around about 40 percent and direct bookings through my own website is about 10%. So it's quite easy to manage all those three. The important thing to understand is that when I first started renting out the, our accommodation here, I thought I'd just do through Airbnb totally. And what happened was I was talking to one of the tourism people here, and she said to me that, oh, I'd never book an Airbnb place. And I said, well, what do you mean? And so on, I've heard a lot of bad things about Airbnb on the uh, television and other people, and um, it's not very good. And I was trying to explain to her, I said, yes, but it's only a booking platform. It's not, it's not like a hotel or a hotel chain. But oh, then I got thinking that if that was her attitude and she's involved in tourism and, and is pretty knowledgeable, well, then there must be a lot of other markets. So that's why I then opened it up to a different platform, which is Stays. And sure enough, we found that um, half the bookings are coming through there rather than Airbnb because there's still some people that don't maybe trust Airbnb or they've heard some of the bad things. And once again, that hit home how important it is not to have all your eggs in the one basket. So um, so if Airbnb's reputation gets really, really, really bad, I can always fall back on my bookings coming from stays. If they both go really, really bad, I can fall onto my bookings from my website. So. I think it's important to have a, um, a diversified source of clients. Right. And when you first started, you started with just Airbnb, correct? Yes. And were you able to get up to about 70, 80% occupancy with, with just Airbnb or or not? No. Um, because we live in a not in the major tourism area, um, had to be a little bit sne- – not sneaky, but um, – after reading your book, Get Paid for Your Pad, and listening to all the podcasts, one thing you suggested was to do um, offer single-night bookings and to keep the price quite low. And the whole strategy, as you explained, was to get as many reviews as possible. And that way that uh, builds your strength up in the, um, in the search engines for Airbnb and gives people more confidence. So we actually started um, nearly 12 months ago and uh, we've currently got 30 reviews for the cottage. We have um, uh, 10 reviews for the, um, the the bedroom in our house. And uh, we've been a super host since we started. So we've got a very, very strong background. So now I can feel more comfortable if I do want to change it to a minimum of two nights. But um, at the moment, the single nights are working pretty well anyhow. So there's no need to change that. Right. Because, uh, you know, if you think about the advantages of being just on Airbnb versus diversifying, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who who, uh, who think about that. Um, you know, I think if there's enough demand on one platform, because the advantage of being on one platform is that you can build a very strong reputation. Uh, every every booking, every every review, all the activity that happens on on the platform will increase, improve your uh, visibility on in the search engine, right? And the second advantage is that it keeps things very simple. You never have to worry about double bookings. You don't have to worry about multiple platforms. But the disadvantage, obviously, is that you're missing out on demand on other marketplaces. So, exactly. So there's there's kind of like a trade-off going on. And 
you know what makes most sense to me is that if if you're in a big market uh, like myself I, you know i'm in amsterdam there's a lot of demand on airbnb then it makes sense to build a very strong reputation on that uh, platform but if you're in a in a smaller market where there's just not enough demand on one platform to to reach full occupancy then it makes sense to diversify over multiple platforms and and one oh yeah one thing i forgot to say you mentioned it before and this is very true the disadvantage as well as being on one platform is that you're you know you're more you're kind of dependent on that platform right you're it's it's a bit more risky because uh, if if that one platform uh, for some reason i mean airbnb could could even uh, disable your account without having uh, to provide any reason. I mean, this has happened to some Airbnb hosts that I know. So you know, there's there's definitely uh, some in, in some risk, some extra risk in uh, just listing on uh, on one platform. Yeah, well, that's same. That's the same for any business, Jasper. Um, for example, a lot of uh, online businesses were based on um, having a really good high Google search ranking, and when Google changed uh, their algorithm. A lot of those businesses were pushed off the front page and they went literally bust overnight. Um, looking at the accommodation industry, um, even yourself, you uh, you were totally reliant upon Airbnb in Amsterdam and then the rules changed so that you could only book it out for 60 days. So that affected your business entirely to the point that you had to actually sell up. So, yeah, it is important to diversify, to have um, different sources of where your guests come from. Uh, not only for accommodation, but for any business at all. It just makes common sense. But I do like your point, though, that um, if you can be very, very strong in one, uh, it gets back to to where your accommodation is based. So, for example, um, I have another property up in Sydney, which is in very, very strong demand, and I'm going to be putting that on Airbnb because I'm pretty confident that I can probably get a 90, 95% occupancy rate through Airbnb. But where I am now... Um, that is not possible just using the one platform. So, for example, if people go to um, do a Google search at the moment, they might search in um, Nelligan Accommodation. It's Nelligan's the village where I live. And first of all, they'll see two or three advertisements. There'll be an advertisement for perhaps um, Airbnb, and then the person might go to Airbnb and click on that. And uh, if all goes well, I'll come up on the top of Airbnb if there's a vacancy. But then looking further down the page of Google, there might be a, um, another ad from Stays. And once again, if they click on that, um, I also rank very, very highly on that platform. So I'll be number one there. But then you get the people that think, no, no, I don't want to go um, through another agency like Stays or um, VRBO or Airbnb. I prefer to deal direct. So if they go further down the page, then they will find my own website. So on that one page, I have about three or four bites of the cherry rather than one so it's like fishing with a net the bigger your net the um the more people you're going to catch hosts i can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand your guests won't have to go through tripadvisor foursquare or yelp they won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com pad.
Right, and I just realized there's another point to be made, which is that the smaller the market is that you're in, the also the easier it is to get a reputation, right? You, like for example, you know, in in Amsterdam, to be on the on the first couple pages, you need to have a very very strong reputation, right? You need to have a lot of bookings, a lot of reviews, etc. But in a smaller market. You don't need that much activity to to show up on the top page be, just because there's less competition. That's exactly right. Yet, um, but by having your own website, and don't forget, when I say you have your own website, um, give your property a name, like we call ours Clyde River Cottage. And so if people find that with the own, um, I use my own booking engine, but you can have a book now button on, on your own website and that link will take you straight to for example, I might take you straight to Airbnb anyhow, but I won't take you to the Airbnb page with everyone else on it. It'll just take you straight to your Airbnb listing. So that's a, um, a neat way to, to get around it um, by using different platforms. But um, also by having your own website, it, it's basically you can have it as a blog so you can write about the different things that you might want to do. For example, when we were at uh, the, here we had the holiday park, one special activity was going for um, what they call prawning. Where at night time, um, you take a small net and a light, you go down into the ocean and um, you shine light in the water and prawns will come up and you can catch them. And it's a very, very uh, famous activity down here. So what I did, I made a video of how to go prawning. And that was, I think it was called How to Go Prawning. And I put that up on YouTube. I put a link across to my website. And I think that's up to around about 15,000 views. And that's where people watched it all the way through. So anyone that wanted to go prawning to the search in Google would then find my uh, my video. They'd be taken straight to my website. And then I got a lot of bookings out of that. And that's something else you can do uh, if you're in an area that's not like Amsterdam where you're getting a lot of traffic in, but in some of these smaller places where um, you can explain some of the other experiences that are available. Right. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, having your own website uh, opens up a lot of uh, opportunities for promotion. You could also send out uh, a, a newsletter every, every couple of months or something to your past guests. You can you can add videos. You can do a lot of things. So that's that's a really that's a really smart way to do it. Yeah, well, the other, it's still good. They can contact you by phone. I'm not saying to go outside the Airbnb platform because you can still, as I said, you can still choose to have people book through Airbnb. But um, the difference is um, when they go to that page, when they're doing a search for you, you'll pop up, up hopefully twice. And as you said, to be on page one for um, Airbnb, for some people, it's next to impossible because other people have been around for a lot longer. They've got um, high reviews. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but once they get booked out, then hopefully you, you move up the ranks. And this is the other thing that I noticed the other day. I'm, I'm planning a trip to, to uh, India very, very shortly. And it's for the first time I got a little bit disappointed with Airbnb because I was looking it up. And Airbnb to me is more like a community where I, I feel like I can go to be staying at someone's house and I get to know the people there and it's um, it's it's a nice experience rather than just staying at a hotel. But but then I found in Delhi that most of the Airbnb places were actually hotels and things. And I had to search and search and search trying to find what I call a true Airbnb experience. And then some of the prices are also very, very different to what they were in other platforms. So I think that's um, something that where being on Airbnb doesn't work so well for you. 
Yeah, I've noticed that in uh, different places, actually. I've booked a place in, uh, in Split in Croatia one time, and I was expecting it would be an Airbnb, but it was actually just a hotel. <laughs> I was very surprised as well. Yeah, well, this is a danger because if this happens a lot around the world, then people become disappointed of Airbnb and um, that, could, that could be really sad because then people think, well, I, I tried Airbnb and it was just another hotel and um, I ended up being disappointed. And um, so this is where uh, as, as Airbnb have got to be very, very careful in the way that they have people join. I remember this is a, a topic of um, conversation at the recent LA Open for the Airbnb conference where a lot of people are having, you know, 20 and 30 listings. And it's, I don't know, but from my point of view, I like the uh, the Airbnb where it's more of that you get to meet the owners or at least one person and they um a bit more familiar talking about the local area and it's just got that nice community feeling rather than being a, another hotel guest. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to go back to the discussion about having multiple platforms because there's there's one thing that we haven't talked about and something that I'm personally curious about because I, I've never really used multiple platforms. The most I've used is, is two. Um, how do you make sure that there's no double bookings? You have to be on top of it all the time. And this is where it's very important. I'm very, very pleased to hear that you're only using two platforms um, some people make the mistake of trying to list with three, four, five. You can have up to 100 if you like, and the chance of double booking is extremely high. Now, there are some software packages that will allow um, where one, uh, when, when your room is booked out, that will automatically take you off the other ones, but the cost of those is too prohibitive if you've only got one or two listings. It's just, um, just ridiculously too expensive. So what I do, I originally, I'm on, I'm actually on three platforms now. I'm on Airbnb, Stays, and my own website because I regard my website as a platform. So three platforms are not so bad. So if I get a booking, immediately I go to the other two platforms and take it off. It's as, as simple as that. And um, because you get the notification straight away, notification straight away by um, SMS or by a phone call or an email. It's quite easy to keep on in touch with that. Right. And then I guess you just have to make sure that you don't have instant booked turned on on all those platforms because imagine you're asleep and somebody books instantly on Airbnb and then somebody else books instantly on another platform, then you would have a problem. Okay. It, it can happen. It's it's remote if you keep on touch of it, uh, on, on top of it. But to be quite honest, if I had a booking through my own website and then at the same time a booking through Airbnb, to be honest, I would cancel my own booking and I'd honor the one through Airbnb because Airbnb um, do frown upon booking their um, any cancellations at all. So I'd keep that in mind. And with the people that are cancel off on my own one, I'd definitely make sure that I look after them. So let's say it did happen with um, you did have a, a double booking and you couldn't avoid it. What I then do is other Airbnbs in my immediate area, um, I get to know them, I get to know which ones are really, really good and what I regard as a good standard similar to mine. They might be a different price, but if, for example, I, I, I double book, I can always ring them up and say, hey, I've got this um, guest that I've double booked. Would you mind taking the booking over if the uh, the guest is agreeable to it? And to make it even more sweet for the guest, if there's a difference in price, I might wear that difference in the price. Uh, I might offer them champagne. And most importantly, the, you try and look after that guest that's been messed around 
as much as possible. You know, I think you have a moral obligation to do that. But in 12 months' time with three platforms, it has not happened. Okay, well, that's great. That seems like you're doing a really good job. And yeah, you're right. It's really important to avoid cancellations on Airbnb because especially if you're in Superhost, just one cancellation will prevent you from being a Superhost. You lose your status, right? Exactly, yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely something that you want to avoid. Um, um, just before uh, we get to the end of this episode, I quickly want to touch on something that we spoke about before we started recording, which you call the triple wow factor. Okay, the triple wow factor. I've started, a lot of people want to start hosting with um, Airbnb now, and I actually teach a short course about how people should do that. And I talk about this triple wow factor. Because a lot of people, when they first get into Airbnb, they focus purely on the product, that is your um, your accommodation. So they go into a lot of trouble making sure the towels are nice and white and fluffy and the, the bathroom is clean, which is all very, very important. But to me, as a guest, I look for a triple wow. So when I walk into somewhere, I want all those things. I want the fluffy towels. I want the clean bathroom. But I also want to know what I can do in the area. So the second wow factor is... Um, providing not only the, a good experience in their accommodation, but also the area of what they can do, um, where the good restaurants are, where the good coffee shops are, making them feel as if they are really at home. And then the third thing is your interaction with that guest as well. So that's from the very, very first time they book, um, being a good communicator, uh, making them feel welcome when they do arrive, and not treating them just like another guest, but um, being really warm and friendly and um listening to them and um, sometimes the guest might want to have a long chat for a while and maybe have a beer or two together whereas others just want to um relax and um chill out and not have much interaction so it's 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 making sure that they feel comfortable with you as host as well and if you don't host it yourself but um you might have a co-host or someone else doing the check-ins um the same applies for them so that way and I think Airbnb recognise that as well. They don't, when they do their um, reviews, they don't just give us one review, do they? They they review you on location, they review you on um, cleanliness, value for money. And as a guest, I I look for that triple wow thing. I want to be wowed three times. I want to be wowed where you are. Like I was talking to you today about Carly. So your your accommodation at the moment doesn't look fantastic, but you're going to renovate that um, your new apartment there. So that's going to be fantastic. And then we talk a little bit about what there is to do in Carly itself. And then the third thing would be um, whoever hosts your place there would be that local contact and um, give me another wow there. So someone being really friendly. So we were in Cuba recently and the lady that looked after us there, she was absolutely fantastic. And we had a lot of problems trying to book Airbnbs in Cuba because of um, all sorts of problems and with the internet and things. But she was that good. She actually got on the phone and booked other Airbnbs for us uh, through our whole our whole trip. So even though her accommodation wasn't um, what I regard as 100%, she wowed me on the um, number two or number three. So she got the five-star review. The triple wow factor. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an awesome, uh, awesome invention and a great way to sort of to, uh, you know, to, to summarize what, what a good Airbnb experience should look like. So thank you very much, Peter, for uh, sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, hopefully, uh, if I make it uh, all the way down under, I get to experience that triple wow factor while I'm staying at your place. And absolutely. Now, one other thing, Jasper. 
And I think we should make this a, um, a regular thing for all guests on your podcast is with your Get Paid for Your Pad, um, when my wife and I first heard of it, the most, what really stuck in our mind was that jingle that you've got, the Get right. Paid for Your Pad. That one sticks it's, every time I think of you, it's Get Paid for Your Pad. So I think every guest from now on on your show should sing it. So here I am. I'm going to be the first. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. <laughs> I love it. Very, very good. Well, you could always be become a singer. <laughs> I, I learned all the words. Awesome. Well, uh, that was a, that was a, that was a great performance. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I'll uh, I'll see if uh, my future guests are willing to uh, to do the same. Um, I can't do any worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your